BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome to The Glowdown by Breaking Beauty. Our mid-month episode featuring Breaking Beauty news, what products we're loving and not so much, plus insider celebrity hair and makeup tips. And the trends that are blowing up our DMs, we've got the hot takes coming right up. Welcome back to The Glowdown, everyone. Hi, guys. We haven't been here for a little while. I love our founder episodes, but I also really like The Glowdown because it's so relaxing. We just get to talk about whatever we want. Yeah, well, this is basically we'd be talking about this stuff anyway. Yeah. And now we get to do it on the mic. I'm very glad that we have. We are not on video today because I have a giant sit. <laughs> And this microphone is even blocking it from you. It is. I can't see it, but you can, we're like sisters now. You can just put that thing right in my face. It's all good. <laughs> Coming up on the show today, we're talking to a mega beauty influencer. Her name is Crystal Sutherland. Some of you may know her as Crystal Clear Makeup. She is a powerhouse on Facebook and YouTube. She ha- How many followers does she have? I would say in, com- in combined across social platforms, it would be over 2 million. That's insane. Yeah, good for her. Amazing. Yeah. Yay. 100%. So she's awesome. And you guys are going to love her. And um, we were put in contact with her through um, a PR friend, Ashley. Thanks, mm-hmm. Ashley. And we were really excited to talk to her because as journalists, um, this phenomena of social media influencers, um, we're just so curious about it. Yeah. And also, I have mad respect for these women that are just killing it on all these fronts Mm -hmm. and she is one of the more outspoken ones so um I think you guys are going to really enjoy what she has to say yeah I got very candid I love it but before we get to that yeah well it's episode 22 yeah and we have officially been in your ears for one full year yay Yay. happy birthday So we were very excited to commemorate our inaugural year with some media love from across the pond. We were so excited. I can't, I think excited is an understatement to be included in Glamour UK, um, their first print is it their biannual print edition yes, i keep yes. messing this up twice, that a year. twice a year they're mm-hmm. revamping it they're twice a year yeah and they did a story in there about beauty podcasts and the rise of beauty podcasts mm-hmm. so i've been awesome. such a long time fan of british glamour you know the compact issue the stories were always so like juicy there were a lot of influencers in that issue too right yeah, yeah. um it had they had three different beauty influencers mm-hmm. on the covers three different yeah. covers like huda from huda beauty huda katan mm-hmm. i hope i'm saying that right 
um, Zoella was in there too. She's huge in the UK. Mm-hmm. So very honored. And yeah. we haven't gotten our hands on the physical copy yet to right. see it in print, but we have some friends shuttling some our way. Thank goodness. That's a framer. Yeah. And in the meantime, until we got that, we were also thrilled to be included in a Grazia article online, mm-hmm. Grazia UK. And it was about the most binge worthy beauty shows. And so we were in great company there with full coverage and um lily pebbles and anna edit from at home with Mm -hmm. emma guns of course who we love and so shout out to grazia for including us thank you for that thanks so much much. and yay for us for what making it one year and there's there's lots more to come guys so we're really really um so appreciative of the support and we're gonna stop bragging now yeah we're gonna get (laughs) humble for a moment oh yes because we made an oops sit down so our last episode hopefully you listen and we interviewed the founder, the founder's son of Biologique Recherche. Yeah. And that was... We had a little oopsie. Yeah. It was an awesome episode, though. We had yeah. so many people get in touch with us mm-hmm. who were like, I tried P50 for the first time. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm loving it. Or I'm or so finally curious, understand where can what I buy it? it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So much feedback. So... Um, we just love shining a light on that product, but we did make a fact check error. So we were notified on Twitter from a listener mm-hmm. that we said in the episode, Biologic Recherche Lotion P50 1970 formula, we said B-O-G. that it was banned in North America, available in Europe. Mm-hmm. When Ashley on Twitter, she corrected us and said, I think you got it backwards. Phenol, which is the main ingredient in P50 1970, that is banned in parts of Europe, I live in the USA and I get the original 1970 formula here easily. Right. So we stand corrected. Yeah. Thank you, Ashley, for pointing that out. Just wanted to let everybody know that if you live in the States, you can go hog wrong. wild, go hog wild and get that 1970. Enjoy. Have the phenol. <laughs> enjoy it. Enjoy it all. Yeah. Moving on. Done. Yes. What else is up? What have you been trying? So I've been trying out the Marc Jacobs Shameless Foundation. It's the brand new launch. It's, I believe the full name is Youthful Look 24-Hour Wear Foundation. And it is really inclusive. It goes from very light to deep, 29 shades. Um, It's a medium coverage foundation. So I think there was some mixed reviews about it because people thought it would be a little bit fuller coverage his whole mo was that you could see the skin um but what i love about it is that the color pigments were really seamless i found my color match within this range a lot easier than i did even with fenty and another huge benefit for me is that it's in an oval plastic bottle so it really is travel friendly it never smashes and of course it's named shameless after the tattoo that mark jacobs has on his chest i love the personal touches like that to all his products oh absolutely and um i was just watching him last night on rupaul's sorry to interrupt (laughs) but he was like he looks so hot i'm like how do you look that good at 50 yeah shameless foundation i really like it Mm -hmm. Um, let me know if you guys have tried it at all. What have you been trying, Carlene? Well, I've been playing around with Charlotte Tilbury's Hollywood Flawless Filter. I know that you were saying to me before we've had a little bit of comments about this in our 
Facebook group. If you haven't joined yet, please do. We love to break it down in there. So I think there's just confusion about what, what is this product? Yeah. Because if you, if you just straight up look at the bottle, it looks like a bottle of foundation and it does come in, uh, several different shades, but when you open it, it's got this enormous doe foot applicator, which looks kind of like a concealer. Yeah. And then when you put it on, so I was, I went to put it on before my foundation or anything to see if I could get any coverage out of it, Mm -hmm. but it's just like you get a lot of glow. Yeah. And because of the applicator, I think it works really well as like you can put it in selective spots. Mm -hmm. Like I personally wouldn't put it all over, but you could under your foundation if you wanted an all over radiance. Yeah. I was laughing my, I was laughing at the Charlotte Tilbury (laughs) Instagram when she debuted this at Fashion Week. Yeah. And it was like a whole ball of it was going on (laughs) Arizona Muse's face. Like just touches of it. Like it, it was like high beams on her face. It was crazy. Yeah. But I think that this is a very practical highlighting product for people who aren't makeup artists. Exactly. you're not going to go in there with like, you know, if, yeah. if like Fenty Beauty Trophy Wife scares you off, this yeah. is way more usable. Exactly. Complexion booster is what I would say it is. You can use it sort of a primer. You can mix it with your foundation. You can apply it before or after your foundation. Um, so I think even though there's at first you're like, hmm, what does it actually do? It is very versatile. Well, that's why I like it because I'm not the type of person who likes a, a full on streak of strobing. Yeah. So I like. You're not? <laughs> again, it's kind of like a hybrid product to mm-hmm, me. Mm-hmm. And I really like that. It's like a highlighter light. And I think the keyword there is filter. You get mm-hmm. a little bit of uh, blurring, but a little bit of uh, radiance as well. So that's awesome. Yeah. What's Once again, it's called the Charlotte Tilbury Flawless Filter. Yeah. And I believe it's rolling out now. Is there anything else we have to talk about? Yes. I'm looking at your product pile. I really, yeah, I brought it in. It's okay. my show and tell. Yes. And the next one that I really want to talk about mm-hmm. is based on an event that we were at mm-hmm. very recently with Chanel. It was their uh, Game Center event, and they were launching Rouge Coco Lip Blush. Yeah. It was so fun. We were like, they had arcades everywhere, pinballs. Everything was made with like Chanel products. It was so cool. Yeah, they had, it's like an arcade, but with Chanel mm-hmm. logos everywhere. And yeah. so there was like one of those car games where you sat in the driver's seat and you could like race Mm -hmm. and then there was a tennis game but the the joystick was the Chanel lip lip gloss and even the Chanel bags were like fashioned on the wall in um in like it looked like a pixelated double C's it was just incredible and it's the only place in North America that mm-hmm. they're having it is in Toronto at Bloor Street. Mm-hmm. It's also been at Holt Renfrew. At Holt, well, it's at Holt Renfrew, but it was in Japan was mm-hmm. the only other place. Yeah. And it'll be there till mid-April? A- April, April 15th. Yeah. yeah. Check awesome. it out, guys. But what I really love is the product itself. Yeah. Um, I had the good fortune of sitting down with their makeup artist, Julie Cousin. Mm-hmm. And so she put the Rouge Coco lip blush on me. It looks like So a, it's a two-in-one. Yes. Lip blush. Yeah. And it looks like a lip lacquer or a lip gloss um the actual packaging itself mm-hmm. so again you take it out it's the doe foot applicator it totally just looks like a lip product mm-hmm. but you can use it on cheeks and lips mm-hmm. so you do three dots on the cheek and then you just start to blend you can add more if you want and then you straight up put it on your lips mm-hmm. 
It has, I think, six or seven shades. What color is that you got there? This is the Rose Tundra, oh, which yeah. I'm really into. And then they have that surprise, really dark. That's Tender Rose, everyone. <laughs> if you don't know French. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, we certainly do. We, we. Um, but there's that burgundy shade that oh, yeah. Julie had on. Burning Berry. Oh, that's Everyone was winner. like a little hesitant yes. to put that on. And um, But when you saw it on someone, it was like yeah. so hot. Because she has amazing. really fair skin. Yeah. So you wouldn't necessarily think that you're going to use this particularly as a cheek color. It was like a dark oxblood kind of verging on purple. Mm-hmm. That's how dark it was yeah. in the tube, but on on her yeah. skin. It it's killer. So it's killer, guys. Yeah. You have one more you want to talk I have about. One more I'm gonna stand I'm gonna tell you about. So you know Kay. my ongoing saga about the fact that something has happened to my eyes and my skin and my lashes okay. where 90% of mascaras smudge and smear on me Boo. on top and underneath. Okay. Don't know what's up with that, even ones that I used to love. So I randomly started using this mascara that I pulled out of my beauty closet and it makes no claims to be long wear or mm-hmm. anything like that. It's Burt's Bees Nourishing Mascara. <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs> and it's like $13.79 or something at mm-hmm. Walmart. Okay. And I'm it gonna just, guess it's $13.97. It, it has <laughs> <laughs> anyways, so I have two main criteria for mascara. Okay. I only ask for two things. Mm-hmm. Will it make my lashes stand up and will it not smudge all day? That's all I fucking want. That's all I want. It's not asking a lot. Most of them fail the test. Mm -hmm. Okay. This one passed both. And my third criteria, which is like, "Mm, maybe I can live without it if necessary, is does it just wash off without Mm -hmm. another step, another product, something that's going to rip out my lashes? And it does. So what is it called? What's the exact name for people? Burt's Bees Nourishing Mascara. Okay. I wear the black one. It's 100% natural. That's the surprise. And um, that's, that's all great. I have to say about that. And guys, if you want to know anything about any of the products that we talked about today or with our upcoming guests, we have these all uh, listed on our blog at breakingbeauty.ca. So if you missed anything, you can go there and mm-hmm. we have it all written down for you. Holla. And now back to the main event. So I know you had a chance to sit down with who most people will know as crystal clear makeup if you were a fan of YouTubers and Instagrammers. Um, I give Crystal props because I know that she's a mom. She also lives in British Columbia. She is a fantastic makeup artist and she is really great at doing these transformations that will just drop your jaw. Mm -hmm. Like she starts off with a totally bare face. You know, she's not trying to hide anything. And then she just comes like (laughs) several minutes later, you're like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. It's really impressive. um, Mm -hmm. And I had the chance to sit down with her when I was on the West Coast and she started her YouTube channel and she was just a true artist, wanted to play with makeup, wanted to inspire people. Um, She partners with L'Oreal, Maybelline, NYX, Smashbox. She's worked with Urban Decay, all of these. You mentioned earlier, you give her mad props. Mm -hmm. I also do these girls that work in this space. It Mm -hmm. is a freaking grind. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, they're dealing with haters. Yeah. You have to have a very thick skin to deal with that day in and day out. And the, the, the heat that they get, yeah. I certainly want it, wouldn't want to be getting it. I know. And, you know. and usually they're really, really young and so vulnerable at that time. And I think that gives her another level of maturity. The fact that she is a mom and she said that and we're going to get into that. Yeah. And in the meantime, since I did my interview with her, there have been more instances of bullying and Crystal has addressed this head on on her Instagram stories. And we're going to play a clip of that right now. 
Shout out, though, to all of my amazing followers who, you know, might not like everything I do, but don't feel the need to say anything about it. I love you. You guys are the best. Lastly, I just want to say that I see a lot of your DMs and a lot of you are like, please don't let this get you down. You guys, I have a really thick skin and these like comments rarely affect me, but I want to speak out for the people that they do affect. There are a lot of people out there that get comments and mean things said to them um, who can't handle it and who it does affect. And this is a very serious issue that we have, especially with social media being such a huge thing. I'm not speaking out to bring attention to like the haters and the people who are mean to me. I'm more speaking out in hopes that maybe somebody who has received really mean messages and it's been who has been affected from it, um, hopefully they see this. Hoping it helps them not feel alone as well as to understand that there are some people out there that are just full of poison and they just want to spread their poison and have you be poisonous with them um, because for whatever reason that makes them feel better. Just remember, friends, whatever they say to you says way more about them than it does about you. And at the end of the day, if you're a good person, you treat people with respect and, you know, you're kind hearted, karma will bite them in the ass. I can't stand bullying of any kind, especially now that I have kids. Yeah. And so, again, um, lots of respect here. She's being super honest about all of it. So here we go. Jill's going in deep <laughs> with Crystal. Take it away. Crystal Sutherland and it is crystal clear makeup. You just moved to Vancouver so yes. tell me about like what inspired the move. Basically work. I mean it was hugely inspired by my career and just making that extra step to you know really further my career in social media. It's yeah. very hard to pursue a career in social media and feel like you're a part of the industry when you're in a, like a small town that you know nobody knows of or you know like there's no events there's no nothing yeah. so how did you um how did you get involved in in like makeup and tell me what your channel's all about if people don't know it my channel is pretty much just about having fun. I, I like to have fun with it. I'm not serious. I'm a pretty laid-back person. I don't take ma makeup overly seriously. It's all always been a passion of mine, but it's never been something that I was like, it has to be perfect. I kind of feel like I'm always growing. And, you know, I've looked back at work like a week ago and thought, oh, gosh, Crystal, like, I can't believe you posted that. And, like, it's just crazy to see the growth. And so I don't take it overly seriously. Um, I I initially got into makeup because it was kind of I had had my first son and I was really focused on being a mom and then I realized that I kind of stopped looking after myself um, and so my husband had asked me you know if there's anything you could do what would you do and I said I would love to work in like a makeup store or something like that to do with beauty and he said why don't you go to school for makeup artistry so it just kind of all trickled from there. <laughs> so you actually went to school. You're a trained professional am, makeup yes, artist. Yes. So what? So were you like, okay, I'm going to do weddings. I'm living in a small town. Like this, was that like the beat I that you had? I honestly didn't think anything was going to come of it. I thought it would be kind of you know just a part time hobby that I would just kind of do on my own and mm -hmm. practice on myself. I never thought it was going to even evolve into freelancing or anything like that, mm -hmm. um, which it did. It evolved into freelancing very 
very quickly and kind of blew up, which was a blessing and a curse because I was a new mom to my second child who was only about, I think he was only five months or so when everything really was going quickly. And it was very challenging because I'd be gone and trying to like breastfeed at the same time. It was just, it was a lot. It was a lot going on. I just focused on freelancing. Um, It took up pretty much every weekend I had. And so I was just kind of doing that. And then I started to get really bored with it, to be completely honest. Like everyone always wanted the exact same look, the exact same style. And I was just like, come on, someone give me like something with color, something different. And so I started doing makeup on myself when my kids were napping and taking pictures of it. I've, I've literally been taking selfies before selfies were selfies. In high school, people thought I was crazy. I had like my little camera that you'd have to go and get like actually proce- like processed yeah. and like get your film back. Um, and people were like, what are you doing? And so it's kind of ironic that now my job is virtually taking selfies and things like that. You had like a point and shoot camera and you would go, you would actually get the pictures developed. Yeah. And you're like, oh, yeah. here are all of my selfies. Yep, I like this. Much. So you'd have like 30 selfies printed out. <laughs> I did. <laughs> and it's it it's a little bit embarrassing to say now out loud, but no, you know, it was I'd say the average is you have to take 30 selfies before you have a good one. Well, right, yeah. and that was the thing is and you couldn't see it because yeah. it was one of those cameras like it didn't have a screen on the back. This was like before like I would go and get the disposable cameras and use those a lot of the times because I didn't have a lot of money for like an actual digital camera. Mm-hmm. So I would just get disposable cameras, I'd use them and I don't know what I thought I was going to do with them. I just enjoyed doing it and thought it was fun started doing makeup on myself taking pictures of it and then everyone was kind of like talking about Instagram and and I was a little bit late on that because I was so focused on being a mom that I just wasn't really around this whole social media boom and so people started mentioning you know posting it to Instagram and stuff so I started an Instagram account and just kind of posted life on there originally Um, and it was just fun people were interacting and you know obviously the first couple posts, it would be like two different people would be like, oh my God, this is beautiful. And I'm like, oh, thank you. Like, and so it was just for fun in the beginning. And how did you, was that crystal clear makeup? Was that yeah. the name of your account at the yeah, time? Yeah, so at the time I had made my account that name because when I'd gone to school, she one of the like things that they had given to us, the assignments, was that we had to come up with a business name, say if we were ever to start our own company. And I gave her like a list of a bunch of different names, my teacher, and she, I said crystal clear makeup, and I thought it was the corniest thing ever. I was like, crystal clear, I was so stupid. But like, and And my mom used to always say, you're crystal clear. I can see right through you, which is true. I'm the worst liar in the world. But I decided to use it and submit it. And she was like, this is amazing. Anytime you can really like kind of benefit from using your own name in your business, like that's a really good way to go about it. And so uh, I was like, I didn't know what to name my Instagram. I was like, screw it. Crystal clear makeup. We'll do it. So it's still like every once in a while when I say it out loud, I'm like, ah, so dorky. I just can't. But people love it so yeah so tell me about like how you grew sort of that audience at first you know between YouTube and stuff I had gone into a couple different makeup competitions the biggest one being the brush from L'Oreal and I ended up making it to the top five in Canada and going and competing against other Canadians in that and um, I think 
that's where coming from a small town really benefited me because people were so quick to support me in that. And so that kind of grew my social media alone because in creating like we created like a support page on Facebook and then people would invite their friends and their friends and their family. And so it just kind of blew up on there. And then from there, it kind of transferred over to my Instagram the more I was sharing work there as well. So people were able to see what I was doing. I remember a friend had um, tagged me in the Facebook post from L'Oreal for the brush contest and she was like you should enter this and I was like you're crazy like I'm not gonna enter that there's no way I'm gonna even make it halfway and she was like I'll get like I'll lend you my camera you can take like a video just submit something so that's when I did my first ever YouTube which was like oh I look back at it now I'm like crystal like but it was one of those things that I just put myself out there and I think that's been a huge thing throughout like the process of you know creating this kind of career for myself is just putting myself out there constantly and just kind of giving it a go. And how do you find um, like the expectations around frequency of publication and like because you probably can't just do it whenever you feel like it when you're kids are napping now honestly in the first bit of doing Instagram I I was up at all hours of the night to just post and to make sure that I had content going up every single day three times a day and I honestly credit that for like you know me being so hard on myself in that beginning is why I got to this point Mm -hmm. in the first place so um it's definitely a lot like I think especially now you know people want to see new things and new content and there's a lot of pressure there but um yeah it's just my full-time job now so how would you describe your like style of makeup that you do on your channel as I age I find that my like what I like has changed a lot and what looks good on me has changed a lot even in the last couple of years I've noticed that you know when I do a super bold and colorful look on me I'm not as fond of it as I am something more simple and you know just yeah, simple, but also throwing in like the occasional bold look in there because I think it can kind of show more like the talent behind the makeup versus sometimes if you keep it too simple, people are like, well, anyone could do that. As you grow your audience, like people tend to criticize. People can be like, feel the need to not always say the nicest thing. So how do you, do you delete those comments? Like how do you typically tackle those you know what to be honest I for the most part I try and like ignore it um or I my mom's always said you know like give a hater a hug like she just kind of like she's like you know what sometimes being kind to those people that's kind of what they need and it'll usually kind of shut them up right off the bat so a lot of the times I'll you know I'll be like I'll say something positive in response to maybe a negative and a lot of the times you see those people they end up deleting their own comment because they feel stupid then and um and I think ultimately what a lot of the people want is to kind of generate more negativity in the feed and so a lot of the times depending on what I'm seeing in terms of the engagement from my other followers with the person who's posted something negative to my post if they're starting to interact with this person and things are getting nasty that's when I delete the comment because I'm like you know what we don't like this is just not something that I want in my page I don't want everyone to get tangled up in this and everybody has good intentions in like having my back and I really appreciate it mm-hmm. but I also don't think it's right to fa- f- like fight negativity with negativity it's that's what that person ultimately wants out of that um otherwise they wouldn't have posted it what hurts me more and bothers me more is when I see people start to like really pick each other apart mm-hmm. and 
Um, like, cause I can, I, I can take, I don't really care. Like, honestly, as I get older, I, I just don't really care what other people think. I'm going to do what I'm going to do and I'm not going to be everyone's cup of tea and that's okay. Do you have like a go-to line that you clap back with? I want to say fuck off, but like, you know, it's, it's kind of the first thing. Typically, um, I remember somebody said something like, oh my God, you're so ugly. Um, and here you are on social media pretending you're perfect. And I said, I'm not pretending to be anyone. And quite frankly, like, just look on your own page. Like, I don't know what to say. Mm -hmm. So a lot of the times it's just, yeah, whatever this, it's been, there's been all kinds of things. Most of the time I laugh about it though. Both me and my husband just sit in bed and laugh and we're like, this is ridiculous. Like one time I had someone compare my looks to uh, Dolby, the house elf from Harry Potter. They were like, crystal clear makeup, is this you? With a question mark. And both me and my husband laughed so hard. At my husband's like, he's like, Crystal, let's be honest, you're not as cool as Dolby. And I'm like, yeah, probably not. <laughs> not as loved, at least, but, you know. I was like, whatever, I'll take it as a compliment. Everyone loves that thing. How many kids do you have? Two. And how old are they? Uh, three and five. Oh my God, yeah. I have a five-year-old. Yes. So that's really busy. It's so busy. And they're boys and, you know, and they're changing all the time. My youngest is a pain in my butt, but I love him. Thank God he's cute. And, you know, it's just a lot. And I think there's that mom guilt there, you know, like it, because in my mind, I had thought that I would be just focused on being a mom for the next, you know, until they both were in kindergarten full time and in school. Um, but you know, life had different plans and this kind of just happened organically. And, um, and my husband said, he's like, you know, you only get one shot at living your dream and you're in it. So just give her all you got. And mm -hmm. so it's been, there's been a lot of conflict, inner conflict on this, but I honestly think my boys, you know, they've been so supportive too. And they've been like, mommy, you need to go to work. And, you know, it's been really, really good. That's great. And yeah. how much do you, of your time are you spending like, traveling and how do you manage I know for myself and Carlene like we're both freelancers Carlene's a mom I'm not yeah but um we're doing the podcast I do a lot of tv I'm writing like there's so many demands so how do you manage the agency part uh, of it or do you have an agent I don't have an agent no I did for a brief time it just wasn't for me um I'm more I enjoy more that hands-on approach as well as I like having that relationship with the people that I'm working with. I think it's been extremely beneficial for me as well as for them, I'm sure. And um, so I just managed myself, which has come with its own. I mean, I've, I've never gone to business school. I don't know a lot about contracts. Like, it's all new to me, and it's something that I just kind of, like, hit the ground running. And it's been intense. And actually, this morning was a little breakdown yeah. regarding um, just contracts and things like that because it can get really overwhelming and trying to manage so many different things and moving parts. In terms of, like, how you... How like when you were first starting out, you want to make sure that you're getting properly compensated for your time because Absolutely. it is a job. So how do you make sure you get that sorted? It in the beginning that was the hardest part. I mean, initially when I had the first company come to me and want to work with me on like a campaign, I was I didn't even know what to say. They were like, hey, what's your rate? And I was like, uh, like, I don't know. And, you know, of course, like these very, what I thought to still be high numbers were extremely low. And so I was really fortunate to have been on an influencer trip with another influencer. And she was very, like, forthcoming about, like, what 
the rates were like, what she made, um, which can be very challenging too. A lot of people don't like to talk about that, which I get. Um, but it was so helpful to me because I just didn't know. And when she gave me some of the numbers she gave me, I was like, you're joking. Like, this isn't no. And she's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, good to know because, you know, I really would have undersold myself. And I think that's still always a question. And especially as you grow because no, there's no – book there's no way of knowing like how do you increase your rates as you grow what like what is reasonable Mm -hmm. um and to like for some companies what you charge is reasonable and to others they're like oh this is far out of budget and you're like is this business talk like are you just pretending or is it and you just you don't really know you just gotta when you start booking consistent work you're Mm -hmm. like I I feel like I'm in a good spot so that's kind of where I'm at and have you um of the people that approach you the brands that approach you how many gigs do you take on versus like how many you're like I can't take that on right now um I take a good majority of them on Mm -hmm. for the most part Um, It just really depends. There's a lot. If the budget doesn't, like, meet with my rates, uh, that's a lot of the times where you kind of see us go part ways. Um, And also, it kind of depends. There's a lot of companies out there that just don't fit my brand. And so those are typically the ones that I turn away. Um, Versus, I mean, if Maybelline's coming to me and I'm already, like, fully booked, Mm -hmm. I'm going to take the job still because it's Maybelline and it's one of those things. So, it, it just kind of depends on the company and the situation. So when you go on a trip, um, what happens? Oh, it's, it is it is like you feel like you're living someone else's life. That's all I can say is I remember my first brand trip. I was like, is this for real? Like this is not – I had like a man meet me at the airport with my name on a sign and it was just – Oh gosh, what brand was it? I believe it was probably NYX Cosmetics was the first brand that I really traveled with. I would say my first big trip though was with Smashbox Cosmetics Mm -hmm. and it was going, I was going to shoot with Davis Factor and I remember I was so excited because I was like, this is a huge deal. Um, And they rolled out the red carpet for that trip. Everything was looked after. Everything was fantastic. It was just got to my room. There was like makeup and goodies on the bed and balloons and my name on like a little um, throw over. And it was just surreal. I, I cried at the end of the trip. I did like a little Instagram story and just bawled my eyes out because I was like this doesn't feel real it's just too magical so the trips are insane yeah and, but and then what do you do on it so with that one like with davis like, yeah what do you guys do because like obviously we come from print we're like dinosaurs so we have <laughs> we go on brand trips too yeah. but it's different yeah. it's like we're more like reporting Absolutely. how do you decide like if it's worth it as as time goes on i think that's becoming a little bit more of you know a challenge for me because i think you know time is money especially now in the beginning it was you know when i did this Smashbox trip. I wasn't really making much of an income at that point. I was just kind of starting. And and so I was thrilled to go and I was going to do whatever was needed to go. And I didn't care, you know, if I was getting paid or anything like that. Um, and it didn't cross my mind. Now I'm in a kind of a different boat where it's going to be a lot harder for me to go on brand trips that maybe aren't paid or, you know, I, I probably won't go on the ones. There's a few that come up every year that are kind of consistent. And I mean, I can definitely foresee myself not going on them mm-hmm. in the future just because they're just kind of more, this is a very young industry. And a lot of it is surrounding, you know, going out and having a good time and just having fun and mm-hmm. partying sort of thing. I'm just not at that place in my life anymore. So can you talk a little bit about that, the competition, yeah. like how you manage that? 
I mean, there's definitely competition in this business. It's it's very saturated. Everybody kind of wants to be the top dog, and it is what it is. And I do believe that there's room for everyone. I think everyone brings something different to the table. So I genuinely, like, there, I have a ton of influencer friends who are based here in Vancouver that, you know, we all kind of thrive on each other doing well. I'm sure it does come up where you, like, see us one influencer got a campaign with a certain brand, mm-hmm. and maybe you've worked with that brand before or you haven't. How do you just, like, manage your own, like, chill to just exactly. feel like, how did she get that and I didn't, or I got passed over this time, they worked with me last time. It's hard not to look at what other people's opportunities that they're getting and that you're not getting and kind of compare, because that's ultimately kind of what feeds your drive as well. I find that, you know, a lot of the times, you know, I pick someone, like, I'm like, oh, this person has 2.4 mil, I'm going to, I'm going to pass them. And that's my goal. Um, And so I know that we all do that as influencers. We all have a goal and people we want to pass and places we want to go. And, and you kind of, you do spend a lot of time comparing and seeing kind of where people are at. Because again, there's no guarantee as to like, what this career is going to bring for you. The only way you can really tell is by watching the other people who are ahead of you. Um, And so it's really difficult. It's something that I think a lot of us struggle with. And it's hard not to get down on yourself when you see other people getting opportunities that you kind of feel like you deserved more or that you really wanted. Um, I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say that there was multiple times that that's happened. And I've been like, what? Like, no way. And But you try not to take it too seriously. I mean, it might result in one day of crying and then you're over it. You're like, okay, now I got to get back to it and start killing it. And yeah. yeah. And yeah. so maybe we can um, fast forward a bit now to yeah. some of your favorite products. Yeah. Um, so what are you loving right now? Oh, Wet n Wild. They came out with Photo Focus Foundation. Mm-hmm. And I remember someone recommended it to me online and I tried it. And I was like, well, if it's great, it's like five bucks or something like that in the drugstore. I'm always down for a good deal. Um, and I started using it. And I didn't think I was going to love it as much as I do. But I would say it's probably my favorite as really? of right now. Yeah, I love it. It's one of my favorite. Every time I put it on, I'm like, everything just looks good. And I, it's, yeah, and the color is perfect perfect for me and everything like that. So I would say Wet n Wild Foundation is just, and I mean, the price point, you really can't beat it. I have a hard time finding a good foundation. I love the L'Oreal Lash Paradise, the Mm -hmm. Voluminous. I, that whole line I think is really, really good. It's been one of my go-tos for a long time. So when I got the Lash Paradise in the mail, not only did I think it was cute packaging, Mm -hmm. but it it works really, really well. Skincare is tricky because um, a lot of my followers would know that I've struggled with like, you know, occasional acne I have really bad hormonal acne um and I've got some redness and things like that and for the longest time like growing up like when I was in high school I didn't look after my skin at all I slept in my makeup it I was convinced it looked better the next day and so that's kind of became a routine and then when I got into like my early adulthood I just started using Dove soap on my face and it always worked it always cleared up my face it was always great never had an issue and then it wasn't actually until I got into this industry more so and people would be like oh my gosh what's your skincare routine I'm like Dove soap like the green one and you know they were like what girl you got to take better care of your skin so now that I have access to a lot more skincare and I get sent so much um, I've definitely tried to you know try some different things things. I, you know, I can't really say Ofra. They have a vitamin C foaming cleanser. Absolutely love it. It completely cleared up my skin. But then I kind of went into another thing where my skin started breaking out again. So I just am not sure what it is. Like I'm like, is it me? Is it my diet? What's going on? So I don't really have a favorite skincare. 
what is the typical advice that you give to people then? Uh, to be consistent. Just work hard. This is one of the, as I said, the industry is really saturated. There's millions of people who want to be doing what we're doing. So you really want need to be consistent. You need to bust your ass for you to get noticed because nobody's going to notice you if you're just posting the occasional picture. And you've got to be passionate. And also, I think the big thing for me was I didn't know that this was going to be a career. I didn't think it was going to be a job. I just did it because I loved it. And I think that's a big part of it is that you don't do it for the wrong reasons it's like at the end of the day you might not end up super popular and you know going on brand trips and all these things but chances are if you love and genuinely are enjoying what you're doing people are really going to get on board with that thanks for tuning in visit breakingbeauty.ca to sign up for our newsletter and every episode will be delivered direct to your inbox so you won't miss a single thing and be sure to subscribe to us there's apple podcasts stitcher google play and soundcloud wherever you get your podcast fix and if you're up for it show your love by writing a review in itunes